Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go. Hello and welcome to Smart TV with me, who you might remember from two weeks ago. It's Kellyanne Taylor. Who? (laughs) Joined by the most phenomenal, (laughs) harsh but fair, uh, Caroline Frost. Hello. Welcome back, my dear. Much missed. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I feel like um, I've barely been off because I came back from the flight and yesterday was at a live recording, my first ever, of the Chris and Rosie Ramsey show at the BBC. Mm, How was it? It was phenomenal. I mean... The two of them are hilarious. And I mean, she... So Rosie's never done TV before uh, or live TV or anything like that. And she is an absolute professional. Absolutely sunk her teeth in. It was slick. It was funny. My face was hurting from grinning. Uh, It was gorgeous. So uh, that's obviously on, on at the moment on Friday. So if people are interested, you can go back and listen to Chris and Rosie on the Radio Times podcast. You just need to scroll a little back through the feed and you will find that nugget. But while I've been off... What have I missed, Caroline? um, It's like you've never been away. So what should we start with? (laughs) A little bit of drama. We've got loads of um, good factual stuff coming up. But first, uh, just to let you know that Annika has made its way from Alibi Channel, who, to BBC One. So everybody loves a bit of Nicola Walker. She might test her fans with this one because, yes, she is playing a detective inspector. Of course she is. Um, Mm. And she breaks the fourth wall, as they said in our second year English drama course. She turns to camera. She does a... Who does that? Um, Trying to think who else has done that in the past. Phoebe Waller-Bridge? Yeah, there we go. That's quite feedback, isn't it? 
So she pulls a bit of a flea bag on us and breaks the fourth wall. She turns to camera and we become uh, intimately acquainted with her thoughts and processes. So different reminds us that we're not necessarily in the world of the beautiful Scottish Highlands that we've been presented. We are watching a drama, but we know that Nicola Walker can do anything. We'll see if she pulls the fans with her for this one. So that's that's yeah. um, now um, running on Sunday night. Uh, it starts at 9.10 on BBC One. It's quite nice, isn't it? Because it's... Um it's an episodic, isn't it, in terms of yeah. the plot exists within an hour-long oh, it's a, it's a, slot. Well, it's actually 50 minutes because it started out on Alibi Channel. So mm. it's now being um, squashed or even expanded into a BBC hour, which has no commercial breaks. So hence the 9-10 kickoff. Um, but yes, I mean, it's it's a Sunday night procedural. It's There's nothing new under the sun of crime fiction on telly and uh, this is another one for the canon so sit back and enjoy well speaking of things that have not changed over the course of time and remain a regular on our television i have got a very nice nature doc for you it's called spy in the ocean bbc one sunday slightly earlier time of 7 p.m and i love that they do this this is great early evening Sunday watching. So it's the Spy series, which has been going on for yonks. And by yonks, I mean 20 years. So, you know, me and it share a similar age, I say, as she approaches 30. Hello. Um, I know, hello. Ding dong. Um, So basically, what has changed about this programme is that, so effectively premise of it is they cleverly camouflage these robotic cameras so that they can kind of capture... Uh, the lives of animals up close. And that's obviously changed over the 20 or so years it's been going on because technology's developed, so has kind of, uh, you know, the artistic world and and androids to that effect. So we no longer have these kind of dung models watching elephant herds or, you know, rocks used to spy on lions. And instead you've got these really impressive androids which kind of take on the shape of pufferfish, hermit crabs, octopus, and most impressively, a sperm whale, which seems wild. So it's really interesting. It's narrated by David Tennant and his dulcet tones. He gets everywhere, that man. I know, but I, d- I mean... He should be everywhere now. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. A tenant fan, a tenant fan. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting watching the animals interact with these kind of, I keep wanting to call them prosthetics, but let's, I'll remain with androids. Um, <laughs> but then also it, it does make you think about the kind of ethics of having Tricking interact. These, these sweet yeah. real life animals. Especially these, sperm whales. With these, um, what, blow-up dolls of the ocean. Hmm. So it's interesting, but I mean, it's a really different perspective and it does, you know, in, in the nature of most of these programmes, really does highlight, you know, we see kind of bits of plastic and the kind of devastating impact we're having on the ocean with climate change, et cetera, et cetera. So it is, it's really interesting, but it does, there, there are those kind of ethical nuggets mm-hmm. simmering in the background. Okay. I'll give you one. This is... Okay. Gods of Tennis. 
Ooh. Now, you may remember the gods of snooker last year, which tucked back into yesteryear to bring us those epic duels that went on back in the day. I mean, they probably still go on now. We just don't hear so much about them because there's such a crowded market of sport to compete for our attention. But it was so successful that they've done the same thing with the tennis. So gods of tennis, not... I know you will say, Rafa, I just have a feeling. But any com- any um, present-day fan would obviously say that the gods are Rafa Nadal, um, Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, etc. However, I would contend that there was no epic duel to match that of Borg and McEnroe, 80 and mm. 81. And this is the era that this series is tucking into. So first episode, Billie Jean King and Arthur Ashe, not that they were rivals. Second episode, Borg and McEnroe. Third episode, Everett and Nefratilova. So I can remember, I mean, this, I think the ping pong of tennis balls was probably the soundtrack to me coming out of the cradle. My mother was obsessed with tennis during this era. So, um, but I wasn't alone. I mean, millions, millions, Kellyanne, you have no idea. And they were superstars um, and they talked to all of them. And it's a proper old romp uh, down memory lane, much to enjoy. I would contend, even if you're not a tennis fan. Amazing. Well, I do like, I do like Wimbledon. There we are. And then. I do You're like in. tennis. So You're sold. You're sold. And they did a film, you know, not that long ago mm-hmm. on McEnroe, didn't they? And on, on that uh, match. Yes. And uh, this week's Radio Times, we should say, has a exclusive interview with John McEnroe where he explains the nature of this very personal rivalry and how dif- how different they seemed, but actually how similar they were off the court. So quite interesting to hear what wow. he has to say as well. Worth picking up a copy, methinks. <laughs> methinks too. <laughs> so I have something slightly different, which mm. I love a programme like this. It's not, I wouldn't say it's my usual go-to, but mm. I love something that uncovers the injustice towards women. Shock. So we've got Davina McCall's Pill Revolution, Thursday, Channel 4, 9pm. So... Much like I know she recently did one on the menopause, which was kind of this myth-busting film, and now she investigates the contraceptive pill. With, you know, kind of, let's put it bluntly, refreshing candour and a fair dose of anger. And and I think that that anger is rightly directed. because You know, for example, I've been on the pill since I was 16. Most women I know are on some form of contraception and she so unflinchingly unpicks how little information we know or are given ahead of going on contraception going on contraception and it kind of starts from where the whole and it kind of starts from this survey of 4000 women which kind of brings things up like 77% of women have experienced side effects while research also shows that women aren't given enough information before taking the pill. And I think it feels very relatable to most women watching the show. But she also kind of discovers a wealth of medical misinformation, which is out there on social media. And it does, feels even more kind of pertinent, given that a lot of young people now find their information out on social media. So if there's two things the show seems to to highlight is that female contraception isn't taken that seriously by uh, the medical industry or the government or pharmaceuticals. And it's also just a really interesting watch in terms of myth busting. I mean, she's so kind of committed to the subject. She even goes as far as to get her coil changed on camera to reveal the discomfort. So, I mean, 
it's not for the faint-hearted, but then I guess neither are neither is contraception. So <laughs> that's a that's a good one to watch, and I'm up for anything that champions, you know, myth busting around female health. So Davina McCall's Pill Revolution Thursday, Channel Four. 9pm. Right. How can I follow that? <laughs> Take me to something uh, brighter and lighter. <laughs> From a pill to a prince. We have <laughs> Prince Night, Saturday night. Can you believe that the purple one would have been 65 had he lived? He was one of the sadly departed during that terrible year, 2016, when we lost just that row of music gods, David Bowie, Prince, George Michael. Just just a terrible, terrible year. But we have the music and this is what's being celebrated on Saturday night. BBC One are handing over the whole of BBC Two to Prince, which I think is noble and worthy. So we have um, the Purple Rain film, which this remarkable soundtrack that he made and as well a, a concert footage film plus some archive bits and bobs from his time at the BBC and what you realise is that he inhabits that that rare sweet spot of creative vision which brought critical acclaim but also that great commercial acumen. Very few people sit in that Venn diagram in the middle there where they have the big sales but also the talent. So um, I think worth dipping in again if you don't think you're a Prince fan, try it out and you might be freshly impressed. And of course, if you are a Prince fan, you need no persuading from me. So where can people catch that? That will be on Saturday night. BBC Two kicks off at 9.10pm. It's a bit of a 9.10 thing going on, isn't there? I know, I know. Yeah. We're, we're evening watchers. <laughs> um, I have... Uh, a similar little nugget, a little recommendation, which mm. I've seen one of the films that bring me joy is coming to BBC Three, 9.45pm on Monday, which obviously means you can catch it on BBC iPlayer. Um, it's called Pride. It is, I'm going to say a small film, but it's not a small film because it boasts such an impressive cast. It's got everyone from Bill Nye to Andrew Scott, Dominic West, Imelda Staunton, for goodness sake. So, mm -hmm. I mean... If you need more convincing, I'm about to give it to you. Uh, it's based on, it's it's got the kind of feel of a musical, um, that kind of lighthearted, uh, very charismatic, joyful kind of presence, but has a very serious undertone. So it's based on a true story um, it's set during the 1980s, during the miners' strike, and uh, a gay activist in London rallies his pals in order to offer support to a struggling Welsh mining community. And it is about um, the birth of Pride, which will be coming up in July, and the importance of solidarity between minority movements, which is something that I think is pertinent given the current state of today. Well worth the watch. That's Pride, Monday, BBC Three, 9.45pm. And of course, you can catch it on iPlayer afterwards. Right. And we have one from the archive, which we both separately, independently chose. This yes. is a rare formation of the stars. I know. Um, and it's, of course, no surprise that you've done it. But I was, <laughs> I was moved to do it as well. So we're talking about Sex and the City. Kelly, oh, your best thoughts. In the world. Your thoughts, please, <laughs> in in a rational, presentable form. I know, I know. Well, when we first met, me and Caroline, we did. You asked me what my favourite show is, and I deadpan mm. turned to you and said, "95 percent of the reason I'm a journalist is because of Sex in the City." Correct. Um, unrealistic. Uh, you know that that's a, <laughs> it's an unrealistic um, 
lifestyle if if don't go into journalism because you think you're going to be Carrie Bradshaw because oh, it's if not you think you're going to live on the Upper <laughs> yeah. West Side uh-huh. tapping out lovely bonnos on a on a little word processor <laughs> and then earning enough money to style yourself out in some manalos no I don't no. think so no however we can but dream. Um, so it's a 25-year anniversary of the greatest show of all time, Sex and the City. Uh, you can catch all six series on now. But also, we've got Just Round the Corner and Just Like That, which is soon to be back for a second series. Well, I have two questions. First of all, which one are you? Oh, wow. Okay, so I listen to loads of deep dive podcasts on Sex in the City. It is, you know, my mastermind topic of choice. <laughs> um, I'm painting myself in a in a very particular light here, but mm, niche. Oh well, I think I'm a mixture of Carrie and Samantha, and take that as you will. Who would okay. you say you are? Oh, probably Miranda, just to balance. Do you think? Possibly. Don't know. Haven't given it quite as much thought (laughs) as you. Haven't taken about 200 uh, quizzes online. No, haven't done that. Thinking about it for the very first time. But I do like a straight talker and hence Miranda. Did you watch it when it came out? I did. But do you know what I think that what's been overlooked insects in the city when it first came around everybody was so dazzled by the sexual dynamics and that Mm. new way of giving women that space the humor was overlooked and i used to laugh like a drain when it came around every friday every friday i think it was on a friday um on channel four they imported it and it was spectacularly funny particularly kim cattrall which is why i'm so excited by have yes. you heard the news? Yes, I saw it on social media earlier. She's coming back. Now, what the, th- I mean, the good news is she's back for the second series of just, And Just Like That, despite the big rows, the refusals. The bad news is I don't think she's actually going to be in very much of it at all. And I think that her scene, stroke possibly plural, are going to be very separate, deliberately so. But um, uh, the myth continues. The legend lives on. I know. You know what? Like, I, I liked that they brought Anne just like that back. Um, it It's a big task bringing back a much-loved show with, you know, that centres very much around these four women and their friendship. To bring it back minus one, um, I think, is difficult. To introduce new characters, which they try and do. They, I, I do feel at, at times it's very much like, let's try and represent everyone that we didn't represent in the initial mm. six series. Fine. Let's right those wrongs in 2023. Yes. Yes. But having her back, even if it's just for a tiny bit, you know, these women, I think, meant so much to so many people and actually seeing them come back and seeing them in a stage of life, which often is neglected, you know, this that era of women in their late 50s, 60s, you know, it is overlooked. So Mm. amazing that we get to see where they are at now. And uh, the show still has such a big pull. Well, let's just um, give it a Godspeed then as it returns to our Go back and watch it. I think that's uh, anything else from you? None from me, other than to say, if you have any recommendations for us or you're enjoying what we're recommending, please do write in um, to podcast at radiotimes.com. We'd love to hear from you. And until next week, happy happy viewing. viewing. I bet you all missed that.